Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Yes, there we go. Shelter footy cast, Will Schofield, Mark Reddings. That's the boys from the Southern River Band in Thornley. I think they're playing a local gig down at uh, their local pub. Apparently, it's going to go absolutely <laughs> off. Mark Reddings will be there, but right now he's here. G'day, Skeet. How are you? I'm going terrific, actually, Scoey. Good to be with you. And uh, look, a couple of issues that I think have bugged you over the course of the weekend. Um, I'm told your wife, Alex, has just started a GoFundMe page because Flag Mantle is no longer realistic. <laughs> it's it's, it's done. It's, it's completely done and dusted. So just to get the family afloat during the summer months, I believe you're, you're Chasing some uh, some money back. If you that. are watching, I'm wearing three of these jumpers right now. It's quite cold. <laughs> and, and off the back of that, uh, you've got to get a refund for that. And you, you're actually going to give um, Alan Joyce a, a Christmas card for, for the work for Jetstar. So you're just loving life <laughs> at the moment, just uh, putting money over money into uh, little little projects that are completely going pear shaped. I wasn't going to stitch you up, but after that introduction, Mark Redding's fresh off the park bench on Saturday night. How did a couple of drinks go? Okay, you're all recovered from the weekend? No, I went to a restaurant restaurant in Chetton Park called Galileo. <laughs> you know, you know, How was it? Beautiful, fantastic. I just Good. didn't realise I'd have to uh, uh, get another mortgage out to, to pay the bill <laughs> for a couple. It wasn't that expensive, but you know, okay. when it goes north of 300, you're starting to think, Geez, I better. I should have drank that extra glass of wine to make it worthwhile. <laughs> Very good, mate. Very good. Good to see you. You can follow us on socials, Shelter Footycast, or anything over at Backchat. We'll direct you over our way too. Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au is the email address. You can watch us on YouTube. You can listen to us on podcasts, wherever you get them. Born and brewed in Bustleton Shelter. Now... Let's get into it. Just the two games to get through today. Um, some big moments of the round, though. End of flag, Mantle, as you spoke about off the top. Um, I will say it's just 2022, mate. There's plenty of time that Freo can win a flag in the next couple of decades at, at least. So you can use these merch, backchatpodcast.com.au forward slash merch. Mate, you can have them forever. It's, they will last forever. It's seamless. It's timeless. It no, is I get timeless. It. And look, that. Their season is a success, success. Yes. I say that three times. It is one finals victory. They get themselves a big game at the MCG. Yep. And look, 90,000, they didn't quite handle the moment, as, as Justin Longmuir uh, alluded to. So uh, there's, they'll, they'll learn lessons. There'll be some changes to the list. Uh, but it was a big event for the footy club. And, and let's be honest, they, they came up short. They didn't deliver when they had to. In fact, it was a bit of a theme during the finals for them. Their starts, even go back to round 23, no good. So, yeah, they'll have to start looking ahead to this We'll get through the game when we, we go to the great game breakdown. I was in Fremantle on uh, on Saturday night. It was absolutely heaving. So I thought that was a, you know, that's a, a good thing. Not that Fremantle ever, ever went away, but it's been a real, you know, West Australian thing to get behind a team. West Coast hasn't gone this, you know, well this year and... To be in Fremantle, every pub, like it was the sort of thing like walking down the street. If someone had a TV on, there was people standing yeah. on the street watching it. So it was pretty cool. And I think that's, like you said, they've had a good year. Um, will they be happy with it? Maybe not. Um, Justin Longmuir spoke about it in the press conference uh, really well. Everyone's a loser other than the, than the Premiership winner. Whatever game you lose, you're disappointed unless you win the flag. So it doesn't matter if you finish eighth through to second. 
you're going to finish that game and be disappointed. So they'll be disappointed. They'll be on a mad Monday, I'd assume, right now. Well, that, they allowed you to do me, that anymore? Did you tell me it's, it doesn't happen anymore? Well, they, they used to... <sighs> They used to make you know big club things, and it was Mad Monday. But now it's just some drinks. You end up at a bowls club, maybe out, down at Galileo for a couple of drinks at the end of the night. I was driving back from the Waffle on Saturday at about four o'clock, going past the Leopold Hotel on, on Canning Highway, and you know the old days with the dress ups, and all these blokes obviously just community footballers, or I'm guessing um, had just had their they're having their Mad Saturday, and they dressed up as bunny rabbits, and it was just it's actually quite funny watching blokes, well say grown men, young men uh, walking around. And, you know, not exactly with it. They've had a big <laughs> afternoon, but um, I'm not sure that the, the Eagles never did that, did they? No, nah, early days they used to have a big club thing. I mean, they, Geelong did it really well. Well, they 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 still do it. Um, spoke about that with Jimmy Bartell over at Backchat that. They had, you know, a commissioner basically, and a, um, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't put in effort to that, like they would have mm. media down to interview the guests that they'll come dressed as. So um, that'll hopefully be happening for Frio. But a couple other big uh, moments. Uh, Barry in the uh, Melbourne-Brisbane game. Um, can you say allegedly anymore? Because he's been charged. He, he, well, he's been found guilty by the match review officer. Of um, eye gouging. Yeah. I, Intentionally. I, I agree with Jared Berry and Brisbane challenging this. Yeah. I do. honestly believe, given where he was, uh, Oliver had him pinned... And I, I just go back to my reference point of the, the Paddy Cripps. If he can get the intent of Jared Berry, I think, deserves to at least be heard in a tribunal setup. Yeah, I agree. What they're going to have to argue is bringing intentional down to careless. Um, I think they're going to have to pull out that that Berry was fearing for his life or something like that with Oliver on top of him and holding him down by his throat, and he was just scrapping away trying to. Get Oliver off in which any can, case. Which can happen. I mean, yeah. I'm just trying to. Work. You, you you can maybe tell us if you've been in a, in a similar situation where you've got someone who's pinning you and you're not necessarily trying to gouge them, you're just trying to get your, your hand in their face and get them out of the way. I, it's a bit, I was a bit of a big, strong unit back in the day, so not too many times I found myself in that vulnerable position, skate. But I did sort of see it happen, and it didn't look good. Oh, I've done some stuff on the footy field that I'm not, you know, necessarily proud of. I wouldn't say not proud of, but just yeah, things have happened that I wouldn't necessarily the do moment. do again. But I've never the eye gouging stuff sort of never, never really came across my desk. I would no. say so. I, I I wouldn't really understand it. Could you argue against it? Yes, I think you'll get off. Um, the match review officer had to give him a week so they can then come down and find them. Because if he just find them, it'll be all over and. I think I think he probably had to err on being overcautious. How far do you think Brisbane will take this? If they lose at the tribunal, will they go back and have another? Well, how important is Barry to Brisbane's team? Well, he was he was well. We'll talk about him, but he, he was outstanding yeah. in that in that second half. He was just he was probably best on in 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 many ways when it needed to be won. He was leading yeah. from the front. He he had three touches, I think, in the first quarter and finished with twenty six and tagged out. Clayton Oliver, so uh, you'd say very important. What about Joe Danaher's decision before the game to to uh, fly back? So he was in Melbourne. He flew out at 10am to be with the birth of his child. Uh, t- touch wood. I haven't seen much coverage over... Not the, sure if the so I, 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 I do hope it all went well, yep. but he flew out and missed the elimination final with, without knowing. Now, now they've won. Um, it looks like a great decision. What about before? Where, well, I've always, I've always tried to plan around 
the footy season. So I got married in October, had the twins in February. I even was even born myself in March, so early March. So it didn't, didn't impinge on the footy season. So, yeah, I just think people got to plan it a bit better. Really? I do. I think really? That, well, certainly when you get married. Don't get, ma- <laughs> don't get married on September 24th. <laughs> like, right, like shout out Ryan Davis, <laughs> my ex-West Coast teammate, Gold Coast teammate. I won't be here grand final day because I'm in the Gold Coast for a wedding, which I might add. I think may cost me up to ten grand, <laughs> like minimum, because I'm missing events. I've I've I'm up to six events around Grand Final weekend. I can't do. Jetstar's cancelled my flights, so I have to rebook them with another, another carrier. Go via Brisbane, mind you. I was yeah. going to the Gold Coast now. Brisbane trains don't operate in the middle of the night, so now we're going another night of extra uh, accommodation. I think it may cost me ten thousand dollars to see one of my best mates get married. So thank you very much, Ryan Davis. Um, I was a big. Big, I was a big fan of Joe Danaher saying, you know what, I'm going to go see the birth of my child. And, you know, he got there only 30 minutes before the birth, by all accounts. So that that uh, was a, a great decision for him. And it works out well because he gets to play in a prelim final. You'd hate to have made the decision to go, miss the birth, and then miss the game. And it just completely <laughs> and lose. either way. Yeah, and they lose. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he comes straight back in, obviously, right? Yes. But um, McStay... Uh, and Hipwood were a couple of really great performers. I mean, Brisbane had role players and guys that stepped up across the field, but those two really stood up in the absence of a Joe Danaher. Um, he comes in and makes them better. But Darcy fought in the in the ruck. It was good. Yeah, he was really good too. So McInerney comes back too. So do they go too – they're too tall then, right? You're right. Um, and we'll discuss this later. But uh, it just shows you. Fort comes in and Ruckman, they don't have to be – Superstars, as, no. as long as they compete, uh, you, yeah. I think sometimes we overthink what is required from a ruckman. I think if you just be out there and, and halving contests and, and doing your role, then yeah. you don't have to be going out and getting the big well, fish like like Melbourne are looking to try and drag Grundy. Well, think about the top four teams. So Sydney has a Tom Hickey who is a journeyman, yep, good mate of mine, but he just competes. Darcy Cameron's taken over the mantle from. Brody Grundy, who yep. Brody Grundy for the last five years been all Australian ruckman. Reece Stanley and and I suppose like who, does a bit of don't bit even of know who Geelong's ruckman are. Yeah, it's more Stanley, I suppose. And then and then Brisbane with Darcy Ford, effectively, and Oxley McInerney, a good good player but a competitor. So no one in the top four has a you know a superstar ruckman per se. Exactly. I think you might be onto something there. All right, let's get into it. West Coast and Frio wrap. Uh, you are on the Shelter Footy Cast with Mark Reddings, Will Schofield. Sad to say this will be the last time we do the West Coast and Freo wrap because Collingwood defeat Fremantle by 20 points. I think the margin was a little flattering, but that's how footy goes sometimes. I know people said that Collingwood were all over them, but Freo got the momentum late in the game. They were never going to win, but you know Collingwood had the momentum early in the game. So that's what the margin is, 20 points in the end. Flag mantle train ends. Uh, Collingwood go on. We both pick Collingwood? No, you pick Collingwood. I pick Fremantle. For Correct. my merch, merchandise's sake. Yeah, well, you were thinking through your wallet, which is fair enough. And <laughs> But they just, as I said, they, they had stage fright in my eyes. And you can't do what they did in the, in the last three matches. Concede a five-goal start against the Giants, a seven-goal head start against the Bulldogs. And then you, you sort of knew, uh, at four goals to zip, that it was going to be tough to, to get back. Yeah, you can't give those sorts of starts away to good teams. Now, GWS, not a good team. Western Bulldogs scraped into finals, so they were able to rectify that. But Collingwood have been a very good team all year round. So you can't give a good side four goals, especially 
at the MCG, especially Collingwood at the MCG, especially a good Collingwood side at the MCG. So they were behind it, 90,000 people there, which was you know a terrific uh, experience for a lot of those guys. David Mundy's last game, of course. How it went down, though, yes, they gave away the start, but Fremantle, um, they couldn't, they couldn't get their ball movement going. So we've known them as a, um, a, a great defensive side, but how they've scored this year is moving the ball with speed and Collingwood completely shut them down and Fremantle had no trigger to pull. They, they couldn't... Uh, in other games, we've seen like a Walker or a Clark sort of line breaking that sort of take the game on. They couldn't take the game on. If you, if you think about the game, they just never took it on. And it wasn't... I don't think it was stage fright or scared to take it on. They would get the ball, look up. Collingwood were defending really well, and then they would force them long down the line. And it was just on repeat. I've played in games like that, and they just couldn't get their game going until probably the last quarter, and it was all over. And Collingwood might have been a bit of self-preservation for what they knew yeah. was ahead. You're right. I think you summed it up really well. Collingwood was always going to try and play a more up-tempo game when they had the footy, but they were very good, as you say. Even though I was watching it on TV, you could tell that Fremantle's defenders, when they had the ball, didn't have any confidence to to get the ball moving. So they'll learn lessons on that. They'll learn. I mean, they, they, they'll learn that they got beaten up in the midfield. They had a lot of areas that they they probably were down on. And off the back of that, they're going to lose some players, uh, some quality players, by the sounds of it. Yeah, can we speak about that? Because so Fremantle's had their best year in recent memory. Um, they've got a young, up and coming side that. Uh, uh, clearly, I think, going to be a good side for a long period of time, given the cattle they have. Yet, we've got at least five players that are touted to, if not gone from the footy club. And and they're the guys that are playing games. They, mm. they don't have five guys that are not getting a game. A Lloyd Meek, for instance, you can understand. Yes. You know what? He needs opportunity. But Blake Akers is the one that really... He'll be top five in their best surprises. If me. he's not, it's because of the injury. So why is he... Go- he came back to Perth, obviously, for personal and home reasons and family... So what I understand it must be a financial has well, to be financial. Yeah. What he's going to so hit. Griffin Lowe, you can kind of understand, but Freo want to keep a Griffin Lowe. That's not the sort of guy you let walk out the door. A, a guy that can play forward, back. Yes, he's not their their best forward or back, but he can play or you know he can compete. He's played almost every game this year. Um, Rory Lobb, uh, okay. Do you have a replacement in Jackson if you go and get him? But he's certainly an expensive replacement because I don't think you're upgrading tenfold on a Rory Lobb. No, potentially as, as a player, Jackson, I think, if you're going to put the two of them together, Lobb at the, sort of with three or four years left, Jackson with yeah, plenty of years left, he's right. probably going to be a better player long term, but we're still not quite sure what Jackson brings to the table as a as a forward or a ruckman. So yeah, that's a good point. So Lobb goes, Mundy, of course, goes. So they've got five starting players that may be gone from this team that have given them such a good run. I just... I'm sure there's not anything else going on behind the scenes, but it's just a weird thing for me. Like, usually with a young team, developing team, going really well, people be, where do I sign? doesn't seem to be the case at Freo. Yeah, and Griffin Lowe, very popular amongst the group, I believe. And yep. and Blake Akers, yeah, the form, I think he'll be finishing, you said, top five in their, their Doig medal. That is really interesting. So, uh, at the end, we uh, we get the result we well, I expected, and, and you sort of hoping that they might have shown a bit more on the big stage. Talking about things that we expected and predicted, you predicted four goals to the, our man, Jack Ginevan. Yeah, no, I was... I was Three goals, one. Yeah, no, well, I was t- t- telling you what I thought was going to happen. And it, it, was pr- it, was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty clear. He's a kind of kid that'll just bob up in front of 90,000. He just loves the, the spotlight. And, you know, he wasn't their best player, but he was... It was very good. Was, very was, handy. Was a comp- take a compliment when I give them to you, mate. Thank you very much. Very, very, very and, and for what it's worth, I think you said Lockie Schultz would be the yeah. X-Factor player for Fremantle. He, 
It was good. Kicked three, I think. Is that a compliment back my way? Yeah, no, we, we, it's a love fest. Uh, best players, Brayshaw, he's been good all year. He'll win their best and fairest. There's actually no doubt about that. They've laid down Mazzari, may, may win the Brownlow, who knows. Um, 32 touches. Sarong had 34. He was outstanding again after a good first final. Um, and Blake Akers, with a knee injury early in the game, looked like he was going to be done and dusted. He had 27 touches. He's just such an important player. Out of all those guys we spoke about, Logue, Meek, uh, Lobb, um, Liam Henry, I think he's you know, rumoured as, as having a look around. Akers is the one that I would be putting some more money out to keep because I think he's a really important structural player to Fremantle. I've spoken about it a bit on this show and, and other places. He does stuff that other players can't or won't or you know he's been willing to do that. So uh, across that wing, it gives them a real defensive cover that allows their defence to press up the ground on the other side while Akers slides in behind. Um, he'll be a big loss if they lose him. But Collingwood go on. Um, they've been a, a, a bloody good side all year and they deserve to be in a prelim. Yeah, and look, going back, everyone's looking at history and sides coming from, from a long way back and, and your your Eagles did it uh, going back to, what, the, the 2010, 2011. 2011, yeah, you got to a prelim final. Well, Collingwood, they're a team that actually going back before the AFL to 1977. They finished uh, last, I'm pretty sure, in 76 and under Tommy Hafey, they went to last into a grand final in 1977 against North Melbourne. Wow. And you know the, the, the uh, historical... Is that the Harms it, one? Is that the Harms? No, no, final? 1977 That's, against North he Melbourne. He plays for Carlton. He plays for Carlton, yes. Uh, the so historical the significance of this <laughs> 1977, just give us the reason why 77 was such an important, significant grand final year in the VFL. 1977. It was a draw. Bang on, absolutely. They came back for the replay, which they obviously had for so many years. And North Melbourne beat Collingwood, but uh, I was looking into Dan's eyes there, and he was giving me some sort of dead, dead eye <laughs> look, just off into you the distance. You are a bit young. I was only seven when I, it I did get it. My yeah. brain did click in the gear, yeah. and he didn't give too many clues either. No, no, no. But that, anyway, that shows you the type of territory that the Magpies are in at the moment. Well, they've come from seventeenth last year, the second last, no hope, rookie coach to do what they've done this year to win so many games, close games. Um, do you I'd, get, I'd do, love to see them get in the grand final. Do you, do you give them a hope to do that? Of course I do. Um, they'll have to change things that they did against the Sydney Swans last time at the SCG. Um, now, here's my silly question, my ignorant question, which you sometimes lands in your What's, lap. What, what other questions do you ask? Where, where are they playing Saturday's game? Is it is that a Homebush, the big the big stadium? I'm assuming I, it is. Or is it the SCG? I think it's the SCG. Is it? Okay. SCG. So, yep. amazing. Because if you play that game, maybe it's unavailable because of NRL finals, yeah. but... It's sixty, seventy thousand people. You you'd feel it. Yeah. Whereas the SCG is probably what thirty five, forty maximum. Can we get a capacity on the SCG? Anyway, just think numbers wise. It's strange. That, having said that, I've called footy out at Homebush, yeah. and it is a soulless, lifeless, Ter- horrible. Pl- oh, you've been there, obviously. Terrible. And oh, terrible. terrible. I was. I was. <laughs> I was first emergency one week. And we had three injured players. And it was at the time I had a sore back, I had sore shoulders. I had to get both my ankles strapped, both my shoulders strapped, my back strapped. So I had I had this like... The chin man. Yeah, but I wasn't playing. And so I had to warm up downstairs. I wasn't allowed on the oval to warm up because there was all these guys at risk. Uh, everyone got through. I had to go in the showers. As I'm in the showers, Eric McKenzie comes down after five minutes in the first quarter. He'd done the injury that he didn't do in the warm-up five minutes into the game. Oh, and there's no medi subs back no, then. No, no medi subs. No, I was just in the shower ripping my tape off that was, you know, as sore as sore can be. So that's my memories of Homebush. They put shit off. 48,000, by yep. the way, at the SCG, yep. uh, which is not quite half of what you get at Homebush. But again, I, I'm not sure of the availability or, or even if Homebush is still operational as a footy I don't even know if they play there anymore. No. Um, um, 
you uh, called the Peel game, Fremantle's yep. Waffle uh, subsidiary. How did they lose? They, uh, how did they look? They they win against South Rio. They move on in the finals. Yeah, um, as um, Jeff Valentine said uh, post match, uh, which was on camera, he said we you know we played like busted asses in the first half, which is perfect. Which was true. South should have won that game. And there's people that jump up and down about Peel Thunder and uh, the, the the AFL listed talent they had. But bottom line is, South Fremantle kicked straight in the first half. Game over. Right. Don't don't worry about Peel for the rest of the season. So right. South had their chances. Um, but end of the day, Peel, of course, now they've uh, won and Fremantle has lost. They now can use 12 listed players um, for the rest of their finals yeah. campaign. But they must have played six matches for the season and two of the last eight. So there are parameters there. Um, It'd be good to see what that sort of list looks like that they can draw from. Well, Lloyd Meek would be available yep. to go on. Matt yep. Taverner wouldn't, oh, just off the top of my Connor head. Connor Blakely will be there. Connor Blakely. So they'll Nathan have, Wilson will be there. But I'm thinking, also thinking of what AFL clubs will... Like Lloyd Meek will be a real watch yep. um, over the next... Did he play well? Uh, yes, he was good. Um, he was good. Uh, who else were we talking about? from Taverner, who... I'm not even sure why he played, Tabs, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, well... Because if if no, no if they'd I, lost the night before. Oh yeah. So I'm not sure well, why he played, but he wanted. Oh, to, to win, to win. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, but he, it wasn't like a necessity for him to get ready for next week. So yeah. so he's done for the year. But uh, yeah, Peel Thunder um, get through. Yep, very good. I will say you did mention this uh, internally at Peel. So whatever the waffle rules are, they do have a rule that it's around 12 players in the Freo side anyway. So regardless yep. of if Freo are playing or not. They have a rule that an internal rule that they want to reward their local talent. Say, keep talent they don't want eighteen Frio players no. coming down there. So um, I think I don't think much will change for them. It'll be interesting to see how they go. Let's look at the rest of the round. Brisbane defeat Melbourne, Melbourne by thirteen points in an absolute cracking game. Um, if you put the first four games into the fifth final of this year, probably the five greatest finals to, to be played um, in, a, in succession. Um, it was Friday night footy. Um, Brisbane come in with, a, with a, a, a hort of guys that were out. McInerney missing. Danaher laid out. Um, a couple of guys come in, but they, they were unbackable. I think Melbourne were $1.13 before that game and, and Brisbane were out to four fifty. So you couldn't back them. They were never going to win. They hadn't beaten Melbourne at the G since 2012. They hadn't won at the G since 2014. They hadn't... Uh, beaten, they got smashed about two Yeah, weeks they hadn't ago. beaten Melbourne since 2018. Like they, they just couldn't, couldn't win. But I actually did, although I didn't pick them on this show, but who cares? I don't get any of my picks right. I did have this feeling that all of those things weighing up if put in the right way to a team, can really help. And you can get this, you know, us against the world type feeling and it can really bring a team together. And that's what it looked like. They they looked up for the fight for most of the game. They started poorly. Melbourne were all over them. Melbourne kicked in ac- accurately and and really kicked themselves out of the... They could have actually finished the game in the first quarter, didn't. And Brisbane just got on the fight and they and they, they started winning the contested ball. Lockie Neal stepped up in the second half. Um, they shut down Oliver. I don't know why teams don't do this more. Shut down the best player. We spoke about this, right? Mm. We did speak about this. Would they shut down an Oliver? Well, they did. Oliver had 22 touches. Um, Barry went to him late. Um, Petrarca was sore, yeah. clearly with that leg fracture. Um, I can understand the the mindset of him playing because you know if you lose, which they did, it's it's all over. So no point resting him when he's. Um, he was probably their best player. Yeah, I mean, but you could see he was visibly yeah. sore. I mean, they kicked twelve of the last seventeen goals. Brisbane. Brisbane. Yeah. That shows you the dominance they had in that game. And it was actually mirrors a bit of what we saw with Melbourne and Sydney in the qualifier, just in terms of Melbourne dominant, dominant, and then they just fell away in the second half. And it sums up the second half of their season. 
So they've been a bit of chat about losing, uh, forgetting his first name, but Burgess, the the Darren. Yeah, so Darren Burgess was at Port Adelaide, then went to Liverpool, yeah. went to the EPL, and then he came back, and he was touted as this guy that had them on the path to their. You know, you think about that third quarter in the grand final last year. They were just running like mm. they just ran better than anyone. Well, they've had a lot of last last half fade outs this year. And there's been a lot of chat about the loss of Burgess. So he, I don't know where he went, but he, he left Melbourne. And I've sort of been thinking about it. I don't know how much of a change that makes. You know, I'm big on mindset, Skate. I, I think it's more, they looked mentally fatigued. Like it, defending a premiership. Exactly. Well, that's about, I was yeah. about to say exactly Defending a premiership is mentally taxing because every single game you go into. You're the hunted. Yeah. And, and, and as you should be, you're the best team. But it's bloody hard. It's harder than the first year. Because the first year, some games you're playing against good sides, but you're defending, everyone wants to beat you. doesn't matter it's how you go. I yeah. totally concur with what you say because um, he, you look at what, what Melbourne was able to do in the first half of the year, 11 wins in a row, and then once they, they, they had their, their flat spot, they just couldn't quite – they got some, had some really nice performances, but it, it was very much up and down. So, yeah. no, I, I absolutely agree with you now. Uh, apparently – Burgess is at Adelaide or Port Adelaide? Or double double he, check he could, that. He, he, he used he to. Did. I thought he went back to Port Adelaide, but yeah. I, I stand corrected. He could have gone home. But you're right, though. I just think that the that's why I've, I very rarely tip a team to go back to back with premierships. Yeah. And, and on that ba- basis, that's it's just so difficult to win one, and the luck and the management required to, to win a second, as you just said, you, you are completely the focus of every team you play against because you're the, the measuring stick for the following year. That's why there's so much respect for teams that do it. So Richmond have done it. Brisbane have done it. Um, Geelong didn't do it. Hawthorne, of course, did it. So uh, these sorts of sides, that's why personally as a player, ex-player, I've got so much respect for that because they, they found a way to you know, mentally get themselves over the line. Physically, of course, they're a good side. You don't get worse as a, as a team or as players, but you have to get better. Mm. You know, that's that's because everyone else is getting better. So Melbourne couldn't do it. They're out in straight sets, which is, a you know, Relatively big story, I think. Um, apparently, according to his LinkedIn, he is now in Adelaide. Thank you very much, Dan. Uh, that's Burgess. Give Adelaide us Adelaide yeah. Yeah, give us a little bit of a flick down. Thank you, Daniel. Um, yeah, o- overall in the game, overall in the game, um, Lions kicked the last 12. Um, Melbourne inaccurate early. Neil tagged early but came into the game and, and, and really got into it. Um, Levers, last minute fade out. Doesn't lose in the game, but it was probably a... Is it a free kick? Ah uh, yes, hundred percent. It was a free kick. So it was it was um, tackled. He put the ball, ball on the ground. ground. So I, I heard some talk from different people. Um, why was it a free kick? Well, he was being tackled, and he just put it on the ground. You can't. That's that's holding the ball. That's mm. like dropping the ball effectively. So I'm not sure what he was arguing about. It took a long time to give the ball back to the umpire. It probably, in a whole, summarised their season a little bit. You know, up, you know, arguing. Um, it's sort of there's stuff going on. Well, the Melksham leave yeah. the Melksham May thing, all that stuff. Although we, you know, we're not saying it's the, the reason they didn't go on and reach a prelim final. It, it, those sort of things don't invariably. I mean, I've seen incidents, for instance, at, at the Eagles, where I think it was Phil Matera and Richard Taylor going back, and, and there was you know there was a punch thrown at, at training. When it's done socially, yeah, I don't know. That's it's it's. That's maybe indicative of you know not not such a great environment. Let's talk about Brisbane though. Hipwood was a, was a, I thought really good, probably yep. his best game I've seen him play. Um, Daniel McStay was very good. Fort was very good. Barry came in and played a role. Um, they they had guys that stood up across the ground. Um, Harris Andrews uh, took out 
Dan's man in Ben Brown. Um, not sure if Ben Brown's the sort of guy that sort of is the is the logger head that you want at your forward line, but I'll get into that another time. Harris Andrews was very, very good. Um, they win and they move forward. Are they a wild card or have they played their last game? You know what I'm scared about? This sounds really bad. I, I don't really want Brisbane playing Sydney in a grand final. Uh, no, I'm, I'm being call. totally honest. No, that's probably. I don't call. want that. I want to see. I know I'm West Australian, so I want to see the big club. I want to see Geelong. Yeah, Sydney wouldn't be the worst result, but I want to see. You don't want Brisbane in it, basically. And I'm a, I'm a Queensland boy. And yeah. I just, I just want to see that. It's nothing like seeing a Collingwood get through, as you know, that the atmosphere that's created. Geelong's a big club, obviously. Yeah, I don't know. Brisbane, Sydney. Would that would that rattle your cage? Yeah, Brisbane, Sydney. I wouldn't be the best combination of teams, would it? I mean, Geelong Collingwood would be incredible. Geelong Melbourne would have been very good, but Geelong Collingwood would be a good game. Geelong Sydney, because um, mm, it's the, yeah. the the old the, the old versus the the up and comers, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll have to see how that goes. It was a good weekend of footy. Um, Twenty point margin in the uh, in the Freo game, and uh, less than that in the Melbourne. So yeah, it's been a tight final series. Probably it's one of the better ones in recent memory that I can think of. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the if there's one. Yeah, there hasn't been a dud game, has it? Really? No, no. It's been been good. I think the result of that the Saturday night game was known pretty early. Yeah. Um, but yeah, by by all accounts, it ends up being a, a better better final series than one. I, I can't remember any any better thus far. That's the wrap of the round of the Shelter Footycast. Mark Rennings, Will Schofield. Now we're going to give one of these out, the Shelter XBA X Factor WA only. So maybe the last slab we give to a WA player. Has to be. Can we or not? Yes, can, we can. David Mundy. He kicks a goal late. He was he was very good. I had someone call me on radio on, on Talkback Radio saying David Mundy, if he's not going on with Freo, should be recruited by someone else. I just, just put the, the, the brakes a little bit. Imagine getting uh, David Mundy and Josh Kennedy to your club next year. A couple of old retirees down there to coach the boys. Well, the funny thing is... Could uh, be worse things done by the Gold Coast Sun, by the way. But I think Kennedy, the issue is he's cooked. Physically, yes. Um, he kicks, and, uh, well, how many kicks eight in his uh, last. Yeah. Um, whereas Mundy, I think he's okay physically. Yeah. But probably he's just had enough. He's, he's been well, once, enough. once you shut down, it's like I think I heard you say on radio yesterday. It's a very good analogy when you get that um, call. You're on holidays and you've you've packed your bags and you get a call from the airport saying, "Look, you, you can catch a flight in two days from now, or you know, hang around and then have that extra two days." Once you once you pack, yes. once you're ready. You, you've, you're checked out. That's exactly what I think. I said, unless you're flying Jetstar, then who knows when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> so David Money, he's done and dusted, but he'll take the Shelter XBA X Factor. He kicked a goal late. Um, it was it was good. He was he was in the cold face when they needed him. He was clean. He's he kicked was, a goal late. He did he did what David Money always does. He's just a consistent player. And we'll send him out with a slab. What do you reckon? Absolutely. And you know what? Given he's such a smart individual, he'll, he'll you know, he's, he acts with class and dignity, doesn't he? And the way we went out on, on the weekend, it's great that footy now recognises players or that both teams come together. And I think it's one of the, you might say I'm a bit soft, but I love that fact that they, because I know you're a bit of a hard <laughs> I just say ass. you're old, not soft. Okay. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm both. I'm, I'm old and soft. <laughs> like Easter eggs after the bed of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I just think it's great they had they, like the respect they show players either milestone games or retirements. I think that's uh, one of the nice parts of footy. I saw Scott Pendlebury losing his marbles at someone. I don't know if it was staff or if it was a player or I, I think it could have been. They started playing the Collingwood song really early. Like he hadn't gone, he hadn't 
finished going down the race and Pendlebury was going off his nut. And I think it was at a staff member to say, like, why are we playing this song? Show some. He was saying, show some respect, show some respect, show some respect. So, agree with you, Collingwood. And they've done that well all year as a footy club, I think. All um, clubs do it, though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, I, I want a heap of respect for, for Collingwood after the grand final that, that you won. Yeah. Um, I just thought, I don't know if you had any dealings with them, but I, I just thought Buckley, Eddie, yep. just outstanding. I mean, like I was, I was actually having a couple of shelters in in the outer, and you know, yelling at the collie wobbles are coming, and and Collingwood fans could tell they were they were under, but they handled it. Yeah, I thought as a club exceptionally well, and that that's as bitter as a defeat as you can get in the ground. Hard yeah. to take as any I've ever seen. So no, um, I've got a lot of respect for the pies. Yep, let's hopefully they keep going on. That's it, done and dusted for the Shelter Footycast. You can follow us on socials, Shelter Footycast on Instagram. Uh, watch us on YouTube. You can see Skeet's beautiful suit, my beautiful flag battle jumper, probably for the last time. Backchatpodcast.com.au forward slash merch. Listen to us on podcast. We'll be back Thursday for a preview of the big finals coming up. Skeet's off to Melbourne soon. You're not going this week, are you, next week? No, I'm going to go th- uh, Thursday week, and I'll just get there and just soak it all up. And um, I mightn't get to the parade, but I'll, um, I'll get to the footy. <laughs> Very good. Mark Reddings, Will Scofield, Dunn and Dustin. See you next week.